Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our NBA Rookie Watch. So Jalen and I are looking at four rookies today, and we're going to see what their progression is so far in the NBA and how they're doing so far in their rookie season. So, Jalen, who is one rookie that you're looking at today? So, I got to start with the homie Sadiq Bay out of Villanova now on the Detroit Pistons. After pretty much being non-existent in the first two games of the season against Minnesota and Cleveland, he's only had one game where he's played less than 20 minutes. Other than that, he's played 24-plus minutes. Um Career high in minutes was 31 against Milwaukee on the 4th of this month. He's had some pretty interesting games. 10-7 and seven against Atlanta, 17-7 and seven against Boston, 20-10 and 10 against Milwaukee. Like, he's had some pretty big games um, where he's shown, you know, offensive capability. And on a team that's pretty loaded at the forward position between getting minutes for Blake and then getting minutes for Jeremy Grant, obviously they've got Plumlee. I think that a guy in Sadiq Bey has really kind of found his footing on this team. And ironically enough, I was so high on Killian Hayes. Yet Sadiq Bey has arguably been the best rookie on Detroit. And now I know what people are thinking. But Killian had a contusion in his thigh, so he hasn't been able to play the last couple of games. Killian was not playing that well before the injury took place. Now, one could maybe say that the injury was nagging, and that has something to do with why his play was so poor early on. But I genuinely feel like right now, Sadiq Bey has kind of stepped up into the fray of things within a more competitive position on his team and has really fought for minutes. And like I said beforehand, he's played – there's only two games in particular besides the first two games of the season that he's played less than 25 minutes. And one of those games was in Mil- the Milwaukee game where he dropped 20 and 10 in 24 minutes played. So it's almost kind of scary that he can almost do more with less. So I think Sadiq Bey is a guy with more time overall. I think they're going to start to realize that he's going to be a better overall asset to the team moving forward than a guy like Plumlee is going to be. And I think that's going to earn him a lot more minutes overall. And I think if they start featuring more at that small forward, power forward position, that we're going to be able to see really what, what makes Sadiq Bey a NBA caliber player. Because in Villanova, he was kind of teeter-tottering around being a guy who could have been in the top 14 and a guy who would be taken late in the first round. So I think that he's in in a certain set of circumstances where he's competing his butt off. And I think that if I think that's all going to pay off on a Detroit Pistons team that is looking for a significant culture change. And I think that outside of anything on the court, his ability to compete with some of these other guys in his own position, I think is going to be just the kind of culture spark that's going to help Detroit moving forward in terms of rebuilding this team. And I think Bay is turning out to be the player that we thought he was going to be coming out of college, a guy who could become a three-point sharpshooter 
and a guy who could put up 20 and 10 a game. He's becoming that guy. And I think Detroit really found a solid possible third option in Sadiq Bay. And I think that eventually with Killian Hayes, I think that he'll be the leader of the offense. And I think that Sadiq Bay is going to be a guy that he could be in the three point contest come all-star weekend. And I think that as he gets used to playing in the NBA, I feel like he will become a more effective sharpshooter. My rookie to watch is Peyton Pritchard from the Boston Celtics. He's averaging eight and a half points a game, two rebounds, three assists, and a steal a game. He's shooting close to 52% from the field, 42% from three. I've mainly been impressed with his season in the NBA, given that he was slated to be a second-round pick. But he's been a spark for the Celtics on both sides of the floor coming off the bench. And he's been getting a lot of minutes since Kemba Walker has been injured. He's had some good performances this season, including a 23-point performance against the Raptors, and he had the game-winning bucket against the Miami Heat in the next game. Jalen, we both said we would watch out for a guy like Peyton Pritchard because he was going to be an asset to any team that he went to, and he's doing just that. Man, this is probably one of my favorite rookies so far this year. I've brought him up in a couple of different settings, honestly, because he's one of those guys that I just find extremely interesting. He's a guy that, like I said before, and you could argue he was one of the best guards in the NCAA last season. And somehow him and Cassius Winston, I mean, completely got slighted. Now, I think Peyton, Peyton Pritchard got the better side of the, the story in terms of being still taken late in the first round to a – historical franchise like the Boston Celtics as opposed to a guy in Jameis Winston who ended up being taken late in the second round is now on the Wizards who look dormant and confused so I think that we're going to end up seeing two totally different trajectories for these teams but my thing with Peyton Pritchard is I can't harp on this enough man he's playing better than Jeff Teague like I'm gonna keep saying it until somebody pays attention because I think that it's really important He's playing better than the guy they brought in this offseason to help with their point guard depth. That's one of those things that could literally make or break a franchise sometimes when you go to spend money or throw money at really just jacked up, not not well-producing, washed, I'll even put it that far, players in Jeff Teague who has not been good since – the Atlanta Hawks sent five All-Stars to the All-Star game. That, that's, that's the kind of circumstances that they're looking at. I think that Peyton Pritchard was a difference maker coming into that draft. Boston sniped him, and I think they're going to reap the benefits of having a guard of that caliber who could shoot the rock like he can, play off the ball like he can. He plays really hard, and he's aggressive, aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. And he plays with a lot more urgency than a guy like Jeff T. Book it right now. When Kemba Walker comes back, they both will still be coming off the bench, but Peyton Pritchard will have the bulk of the minutes. We might not even see Jeff T for the rest of the season if he keeps playing like this. I'm serious. And we've, we've been saying it multiple times, Jalen. We've been saying how great of a player that Peyton Pritchard was coming out of college and that he does not deserve to be a second-round pick. And he was picked 
by the Boston Celtics in the first round. And we said, watch out for this guy because he's going to be He's going to be a problem once he gets to the NBA. And he is just, he's taking advantage of that. And that's what I want to see. I want to see him proving himself in the NBA. And he's taking advantage of the moment. He's taking advantage of the situation. He's taking advantage of his minutes. And he's making the most out of what he's been given. Jalen, who's your second rookie to watch in the NBA? Honestly, this one was kind of easy for me. Um, it's Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, this is a guy who, like, legitimately he, – he, let's, just, let's just put it straight up. He went lower than he was supposed to, whether that was because of uh, negotiations with his agent that he wanted to go to a specific team, which is something that has been said post-NBA draft, or if it was just the fact that other teams didn't feel as strongly about him as maybe others like, like us going into that draft felt about him. But Tyrese Halliburton has been relatively a model of consistency. This was not a guy who was going to come in and average big points next to De'Aaron Fox. He wasn't going to be a guy who you were going to ask to be some kind of all-world defender that have averages two, three steals per game, this, that, and the third. He was not going to be that guy coming in. Yet, on the flip side of that, he is averaging double-digit points, 12.1 assists per game. Um, 12.1 points per game. He is facilitating the way we expected him to coming out of college as a cerebral player with 5.3 assists per game. He is averaging nearly a steal and a half per game. And he's averaging nearly three rebounds. He's had a couple of games here and there that have been relatively what you would think would be Tyrese Halliburton games, 12 and eight against Portland, 15 and eight against Toronto, 17 and six against Chicago, 15 and six against Phoenix earlier on in the year. Those are Tyrese Halliburton kind of games. But I think the most interesting thing about it is that the way he's playing is really to what his strength is. If you look at his, probably his best game was against Chicago, 17 points in 34 minutes, seven of 15 shooting from the floor. So just under 50%. Seven rebounds, six assists. I think on a nightly basis, if you're talking about Tyrese Halliburton being a guy who averages 12 to 15 points, two to four rebounds per game, and five to seven assists per game on the kind of shooting splits he's shooting so far this year, 52% from the floor, you're basically getting the guy you got in college which not too many guys translate to the NBA that that smoothly. Typically, they either burst onto the scene and kind of open up their game in a way where they produce way more than what they did in college. And it's one of those things that scouts are kind of just proud to see that they were able to pick a guy with significant upside. Or there's guys who completely underperform and don't play anywhere near the level of what they played in college. And that ends up being a below, below average NBA prospect. This is a guy who's played relatively well in less than 30 minutes per game, mind you, and he's missed two games. And they were against Houston and Golden State, who are not good teams. So I think if he had played against them, he might even have better averages overall, not only in the points department, but also in the rebounds and assists department. So I think this is a guy who, if he plays consistently consistently throughout the year, he fits really well next to De'Aaron Fox. I think he's a really good building block for Sacramento. And 
outside of D. Fox and Harrison Barnes, one could even say that Tyrese Halliburton's the only person on this team that makes sense right now. <laughs> Buddy Hield is still a guy on the fringe. Marvin Bagley, the third's dad, is on Twitter making trade requests. And Luke Walton's job is up for the books by the end of the season. You might as well write it in because Nate McMillan is taking a year off. But guess what? Next year is coming. And that might mean that Luke Walton might be on the way out because if they're smart, Mark Jackson and a guy like Nate McMillan still are on the free market. And you've got a team like this that has some viable pieces. I mean, this team could be on the rise. And I definitely think Tyrese Halliburton is going to have to be a cog in that system, whether they have Luke Walton or not. But he he's doing his thing within within the means of the offense and within the, the means of the scheme this team is running so far this year. I remember when we did our draft live stream and we both thought that the Chicago Bulls were going to pick up Tyrese Halliburton. But then we were shocked that they selected Patrick Williams. And we were even more shocked and surprised when Tyrese Halliburton fell to number 12 at the Sacramento Kings. Now, I think that Tyrese Halliburton has been a great selection for Sacramento. And I think they may have gotten their point guard of the future with Tyrese Halliburton. I think right now he's making the most of their minutes. I think he's a phenomenal scorer right now, and he was coming out of college like he was coming out of college. And he's also a versatile defender as well, and he's, he's really getting it done on both sides of the floor. So I think they have their point guard the future, like I've mentioned. My second rookie to watch is Tyrese Maxey of mm-hmm. the Philadelphia 76ers. He's averaging 11 points a game, under three rebounds, and under three assists. He's shooting 47% from the field, 31% from three. One of the main reasons I chose Maxi is because of the great four-game stretch that he's had this season. The past four games against the Nets, 16 points, 7 of 12 shooting from the field, 2 of 4 from three. Against the Nuggets, 39 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists, and 2 steals on 18 of 33 shooting from the field, three of eight from three. He was really able to showcase because of the number of inactive players in that game. But nonetheless, Tyrese Maxey made the most of his minutes in that game. Against the Hawks, 15 points, six rebounds, four assists, two blocks on seven of 14 shooting from the field. Against the Miami Heat, 16 points, three rebounds, eight assists, and a steal on seven of eight shooting from the field. Maxi is proving that he was a great selection for Philadelphia. And Philadelphia needed help at the guard position, and they got that help this offseason. And Tyrese Maxey has been getting more minutes, and he's been making the most out of those minutes. Yes, sir. It's a whole lot of Tyrese on, on this rookie watch right here, but a whole lot of Tyrese. We got Tyrese Halliburton. We got Tyrese Maxey. All we need is the Tyrese Gibson meme and we're 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 in we're in business, you know what I mean? We are good to go. But no, in all seriousness though, bro, I think the biggest thing with Tyrese Maxey is he's showed so much as an offensive player and just as an effort player on defense that he's being thrown into trade talks for James Harden. That's how much a team in Houston might value him as an asset moving forward. He's a guy that they are throwing in trade assets for an all-star MVP player in James Harden. So I think Tyrese Maxey coming out of Kentucky, he was obviously the lead guard out of the three guard trio that they had. Um, 
And I think the biggest thing with him was that, again, similar to Tyrese Halliburton, he, he's doing what he does best. He's doing exactly what brought him to the dance. And he's been relatively consistent when using the minutes that he has. And I think the thing about him is, funny enough, I think Tyrese Maxey would be even better if he were on a team where he had more control over handling the ball. Obviously, for this team, he's put in a really interesting circumstance because he's like the first guard off the bench. But I think that the game where they were shorthanded with only seven players available, dropping nearly 40, I'm not telling you he's going to be a 40-point-per-game 40, uh, 40 scorer or anything. <laughs> That's not his lifestyle. I don't think anybody in the NBA is averaging 40. But at the same time, I think that Tyrese Maxey showed in that game that he can be a lead guard. I think this is a really interesting circumstance where um, somebody that was going to be an honorable mention of mine was actually going to be Cole Anthony. And it wasn't going to be, be because of what he's done. It's going to be because of what I look to him to potentially do moving forward. With the fall of um, Markel Fultz going down for the year, Cole Anthony is going to be a guy that plays the lead guard position for the Orlando Magic. And he's going to get a lot more chance, a lot more chances to be able to make mistakes, develop as a player, grow as a more efficient shooter, things like that, and really get a chance. I think Tyrese Maxey might have been in a position for Orlando had he been selected there with the, without the same kind of offensive concerns that Cole Anthony sometimes comes with as a guy who can be a bit streaky, can be a little bit too aggressive, things like that. I actually think that Tyrese in a position like Cole Anthony is in for a team like that, where he's been thrusted into the league guard position would thrive tremendously in it. So we'll see how Cole Anthony plays in it. But I think that Tyrese Maxey coming off the bench, I think if he can get more consistent minutes in that spotlight, I think he can be a guy who can be really dangerous. And I, I know this for sure. He is going to be a prime reason, maybe not the first, maybe not the second, maybe not even the third, player on the roster that that team turns to come playoff time but he is going to be a significant cog in their system in terms of being able to not only make it to the playoffs but make a deep playoff run in the Eastern Conference so transitioning to our question of the day for our fans who is one NBA rookie that you're watching out for right now this has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast of course make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.